Hello, this is Persephone Sonia, and you are listening to the Simply Self Podcast, Episode 19, with guest Clifford Greer II, Part 1. We're here. We're the Greers. Change the atmosphere. Hey, we're here. Hey, the Greers. We're here, and we change the atmosphere. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Simply Self Podcast. I'm your host, Persephone Sonia, a.k.a. Pastor Greer. And today, 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 today is the season finale of the season of the Simply Stuff podcast. I'm so excited I can't speak. Um, this is the 19th episode. For those of you who don't know, um, each season is going to have 19 episodes because my birthday is on the 19th day of June. I just like the number 19. So I just said 19 episodes. That'll do it. That'll do it. And today I have a very special, special guest. I, I've known this young man <laughs> since the fall of 2020. I was about to say all of a year and a few months. <laughs> We've known each other for a little minute, you know, and uh, he is a wonderful man of God. He is funny. He's kind. He's intelligent. He's a hard worker. And most importantly, he is my hubby wubby, my king, my papa introducing the Clifford William Greer II. Um, I, I, I want to give you an opportunity. Go ahead and say a little something to the people, let the people know what's up and and uh, who you are and all those things. Well, good evening, good evening. If you don't know, you really should have known by now <laughs> that yes, <laughs> I am the husband of the Pastor Persephone Greer. Oh. Um, I don't really do too much with her shows. This is her own thing. I kind of just hang out in the background Listen in every now and then if I'm home from work, but of course when she asked if I would be a guest, I oblige. Yes, because you know I want Happily. the opportunity to so. flirt with him. I'm gonna try to be professional because you know I have a hard time being professional when my <laughs> husband's in the room because he's you know he's handsome. And um, today we are going to talk about patience. <sighs> Let's just prepare ourselves because we're gonna talk about patience. Um, I want to ask you some questions, being that you're the guest. I want to interview you a little bit, and then we can mm-hmm. kind of discuss. Um, I want to ask you, what was the moment that required the most patience for you, and how did you or how are you working through that? Mm, I think it's really moments that's requiring the most patience mm-hmm. because we're still working through it. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, the biggest thing is waiting on the pregnancy yes. and coping with and leading and guiding and comforting each other through the process of having a baby pretty much. Yeah. Um, we've been trying for some months now with out success. Yes. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't happened yet. Exactly. But every single month when Aunt Flo comes into town, yeah, and she's loud. She, she's loud. It's she's obnoxious. <laughs> so having to deal with that of all right, another month of no baby. Yeah, still waiting on baby Greer. Yeah, it's not that our family, you know, hasn't been supporting us or anything like that. It's just uh, more so us and letting each other know and reassuring each other that not yet. Right. Doesn't mean no. Just not yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I'm dealing with as well. 
And having a supportive partner during a situation like this is so important because unfortunately, a lot of men have been conditioned to believe that they can't have any emotion about pregnancy, about, you know, the conception process because the woman is the one that gets pregnant. The woman is the one that carries and and births the children. But this is... This is going to be his baby too, you know, his children as well. So he has a right to feel that emotion. And of course, because we're connected and we're married and he can pick up on when I'm not feeling my best, even when I try to hide it, I still try to hide it sometimes, Mm -hmm. but, um, he can be like, no, something's wrong. Let's talk about it. You know, it is very important. And to the men out there, understand that your, your, your partner needs to hear from you. You know, your wife needs to understand that you're there for her. And even if you can't be there for her necessarily in the way that she needs, because we're all different, we all have different ways of doing things, have a conversation about what do you need from me? You know, what can I do for you? And, you know, having that and having someone that is flexible with emotions and different things, you know, because one day I'm up and happy, I'm like, oh, you know, it's going to happen. And then other days, I'm just like, oh, this is ridiculous. I hate this. You know, um, I I really do appreciate having him in my life and having someone that will actually cover me in prayer and support me. This man has spoken life into me since the day I met him. So, and that has not changed. Um, Another question I wanted to ask you is, what was a situation where impatience got you in the most trouble? Me personally, mm-hmm. um, mm, there's been quite a few actually. Because I've always tried to, I always try to dictate my own life. <laughs> so Ooh. there's a lot that I claim too soon. Yeah. So I was quick to move for work. It almost felt like this move here to Alabama. Mm-hmm. was one of those die make the right decision kind of moves. Because we literally I got the call from my district manager one week before we got married. Yeah, six days. And I was accepted that day. Mm-hmm. So acceptance to transfer week before the wedding. Yeah. Next week we got married. Then a week and a half later we had to move. Yeah. And we moved so quick we really didn't have a chance to really look around the city. Um mm-hmm do our research and homework about the areas that we wanted to move into. So, for better or for worse, we live in the hood right now. Yeah. Which (laughs) I've always said doesn't bother me personally Mm -hmm. because I've spent so much time by myself. So, having to learn to live with somebody else Mm -hmm. and not worrying about her safety as well, that's one of those things I think really got us in the most trouble of we move too quick based on what I can deal with. I know she, she'll admit she grew up in the project. So. I'm from Coco, you know, I rep, and, but... <laughs> and even though I don't remember it, my parents had me in D.C. I was born in D.C. We right. lived in the projects in D.C. Yeah. Even though I grew up in the country in Ocala. Right. But I've never been afraid. I have a, a healthy dose of no fear. <laughs> so, yes. it didn't matter to me that we lived in the hood, but... Just a couple hours ago, I was hearing gunshots again. Yeah. So and I, that that. I was, that bothers me. Of yeah. if it's me at home by myself, I know how to shoot. I can fight. 
fight. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And I'm a big guy. Nobody's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people watch. Yeah, people they watch. do. They, they know when I'm gone. Yeah. But they better also realize that I'm coming back. That part. So I, and we believe in God too. And I know God's got us covered. Yes. So this household is protected by God and guns. Yes. And <laughs> God and guns that part. And Greer. So the triple G, triple G threat yeah. is going on over here. Yes. Yes. I like it. I like but it. in hindsight, if we could have been a little more patient, took time to actually research and think about the move and what we were doing and where we were going, yeah. we probably wouldn't have had so much aggravation dealing with the move yeah. and the transition of moving and getting settled in. Exactly. It's been good, though. Yeah. Got the promotion that I was seeking. Yes. Um, Very proud. So getting caught up on bills again. And yeah. Because that, that was an expensive move. We didn't just My move God. out of the area. We didn't just move out of the county. We moved out of the state. We moved to a different time zone. So it was like a whole bunch of elements that neither one of us had moved like that before. Mm-mm. So um, it was it was a challenge. And then, of course, being newly married and you're pulling all your bills together and stuff. Because we were not shacking before we got married. We were not. We were. He was living in Ocala. I was living in Gainesville. And you know, we had to pack up my place. We had to pack up his place. And it was it was a lot. You know, um, but I always say I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else because even though it was frustrating and see, I can laugh about it now, but I had like a couple of breakdowns <laughs> during, the, during the fir- that first more week. More than a couple. <laughs> I can laugh. Maybe a couple <laughs> per hour is more like it, but there was more than a it couple. It was a lot. It was a lot. Because see, I'm used to having to do everything by myself. And this is another thing. When we moved, um... You took care of the logistics. Mm-hmm. Literally, all I had to do was pack and you know pack my little stuff and you know and get in the car. That's all I had to do. So I'm very grateful to you for that because that helped me a lot. Um, but then the logistics, the logistics after getting here and actually putting stuff in the different rooms and <laughs> it's just a lot. I a lot of people don't now. know, but those of us family and friends just. A later time, a later date, that's a different story. Yeah. Ask my dad, ask Uncle Bo, <laughs> yeah. or my former co-workers who know. He works at Publix, too, Napoleon Williams. Some people call him Willie. Yeah. Ask Uncle Bo for those of you that still work with him. Ask yeah. my dad. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> they it do, was, they'll tell you about it. it was, library. It was something else. Like, how do people help you move out of state, and then they get stranded in the state that they don't move? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It was crazy. Mm. But everything worked out. We got the stuff, you know, moved. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Uncle Bo, you know. Um, but, you know, those things, you know, those things do happen when you when you move quickly. On a whim. Yeah. And and I, I said it. I was like, I'll move anywhere with you. Anywhere but North Korea. If they have a public in North Korea, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can go. And I literally called her and said, babe, remember you said you're ready to rock and roll and move? We're, we're moving. Yeah. We barely got to move on a prayer. It was a prayer when we got to move, move on. Yeah. We barely got to move on a prayer. But. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, definitely patience. Because I, I can definitely say a situation where impatience got me in trouble was also moments, several moments, pertaining to who I chose to marry. Because, and frankly, some of the decision was made off of this is as good as it's going to get. You just just accept this 
you know, and I fell into the trap. And a lot of women fall into the trap, especially I was in my late 20s when I first started feeling that pressure. And I always was rejecting the pressure because I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing what the world does. But of course, the world creeps in, right? So I was feeling the pressure and I made a decision to marry the first time based off of this is as good as it's going to get. I might as well jump on in because, you know, and God was in it. But he wasn't, he didn't approve of it. He was there, but he didn't say yes. And that was the thing. Just because God is in the midst, that doesn't mean that he says yes. He can be there observing, looking like, I didn't, I didn't say yes to this at all. You know, he's aware of things. And because I felt his presence, because his presence was with me anyway, because of the Holy Spirit, I thought, oh, no, this is good. And I was waiting for him to tell me no, when what I should have been waiting for was him to tell me yes. And it didn't have to be an audible yes for Stephanie. Go ahead and marry him, you know. But this time, yes, things moved quickly. But there was a series of moments where I watched Cliff prove what he said. It wasn't just, I wasn't just going off of words, promises, and potential. I was operating based off of what I saw, what I heard, and what I knew at that point. And that's what helped me, you know, move forward. Patience doesn't always mean you have to wait an extremely long amount of time. What patience is, patience is more about your character than it is about time frame. And see, I didn't, I didn't understand that until now. <laughs> patience is more about where your mind is and what your relationship is with God more so than time. Because God did for us and brought us together in a time where we were both wanting to be married, but the way we found each other was just, it, it seemed so random, you know? And for those of you who don't know, we met on Facebook dating. And um, I wasn't on there very long before I saw Cliff. I always like to tell people, I saw Cliff first. I saw him first. But what happened was I had to change my parameters because... I was looking for uh, a man between the ages of 35 and 45. And once I changed my parameters to 30 to 35, I think it was, that's when Cliff came up in the results. And he was only 45 minutes away from me. So I, and just the way things happened, the way things flowed, neither one of us felt any negative pressure. It was pressure like, okay, you see, this is this person is is what you are needing in a spouse. What you gonna do? You know, um, I made a decision when Cliff and I first started talking that I was going to treat him as though I had never been hurt. I was gonna treat him as though I had never been lied to by a man. That I had never been mistreated by a man. I was gonna give him if I was gonna give him a chance. I was gonna give him a full chance, and that's where the faith part came in because patience requires faith mm -hmm. and a lot of times we don't realize when we're lacking in faith it's like it's not enough to be saved being saved is great and that's the beginning of it but how are you going to live this life after you've been saved if you don't have patience if you don't have faith Jesus walked this earth for 33 years and his ministry technically was only three years so he lived through all of his childhood, all of his adolescence, teenage years, early adulthood, not being the Jesus, 
that was going around and healing people, the Jesus that was preaching sermons on the mount, the Jesus that was in the temple, he was honing his his skills as an orator because he was he was in the temple, he was learning from the elders. The son of God at the age of 12 was sitting in the temple with the elders because he understood that he needed to learn some things before he embarked on his mission. He knew that there was some stuff that he had to learn. And I knew that before I remarried, there was going to have to be some stuff that I learned and there was going to have to be some stuff that I let go. And thankfully, I was able to do that. Um, and of course, there's still been things that have popped up since we've been married that I knew were like triggers. But because of who I married, I was able to share with him, okay, I feel this way because of this. And let him know that I am not seeking to punish you for what men did before I even met you. I'm focused on you. I want to love you. I want to be married to you. I want to build a relationship, a healthy marriage with you. And that was very important for me to be able to, I've never felt so safe with somebody before. Not just physically safe, emotionally safe, but spiritually safe. I can share my dreams with him. Uh, literally and figuratively, I can share um, my my fears with him without fear that he's going to turn it around and use it against me one day or fear that, you know, he's going to think differently of me. I mean, he's seen me have, you know, my breakdowns, you know, I deal with bipolar disorder. I deal with depression and anxiety and all those different things. But he makes it clear all the time that he married Persephone. Regardless of those other things, even dealing with the endometriosis and the fertility issues, he married Persephone, and um, that that helps that helps a lot. And and yes, with with the baby situation, it is very difficult, especially for me because I know that it's my body that's doing the malfunctioning, and it's my body that's you know holding up the the traffic of our time frame of our lives or what we want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all in God's hands. And it was uh, something that that Sister Arnett said last night during Bible study that we had talked about before too, is that God wants to do things that he can get the glory for. He wants things to happen that he can get the glory for. And if I just, and of course it would have been much easier for me <laughs> if we had been able to conceive very quickly, like we planned, like we hoped, like we wanted, this now opens God's, uh, opens it up for God to be able to perform a miracle, whether it be natural conception through us not understanding, like, well, how did that happen when all of a sudden, you know, like all of a sudden, or through surgical means, through medical means, because if I have to have the surgery in order to remove scar tissue to help me get pregnant, me conceiving would be no less a miracle. So that the the and it's not even some this this is this is what gets me with the patience part. It's not even so much of is God gonna do it. It's more so of how is he gonna do it. How and when? Because I just want to know. Because it's like it's like your life is a movie and you're like sitting on the edge of your seat and you're eating popcorn. And you're like, okay, well, what's gonna happen next? And it's like commercial break and it's like no <laughs> it's like i need to know right now but that's the character thing if we get it in our minds that patience is about character 
then I think it'll help us want to be more patient. Because sometimes we don't, sometimes we don't even see the merit in being patient mm-hmm. because we see the world. We see what people in the world do. There are people that aren't even married. They got four or five kids. There are people that are, um, that don't even want children, yet they can't stop getting pregnant. They can't stop impregnating people. I know people that have children that don't want children. And it's like so frustrating. And all I've ever wanted was to be a wife and a mother. I knew other stuff was coming, but those were the two main things that I wanted to do. And it's like, okay, I got the husband, got the right husband, (laughs) got the one that I truly believe God was always intending for me to be with. And that's that's something that I struggled with too, because I shared this with Cliff that... I struggled with the guilt of not waiting for him. And that was that was still something up until recently that bothered me because you should have been my only husband, you know. But this is also a lesson that I can now teach other people and help other people with. Like, listen, pay attention. There are always signs. There are always signs. We can call them red flags. We can call whatever we want to call them. There are always signs that something is not all the way right. And you really have to pay attention because I saw some things, but I thought that my love was enough. And I had to learn that lesson. Love is not enough. (laughs) It's not enough to love the person that you're married to. You actually have to like them. Be sure to catch episode 19, part two, available now.